Hello and welcome to episode nine of the Fan Into Flame podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you can get every episode delivered straight to your device. And also, if you're not following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, go do that as well. We just did a fun interview with Drew Kramer, who just finished his sophomore year at Geneva College. He plays football for Geneva, so we talked about his experiences as a college student and a football player. So be sure to listen next week when that comes out. Today, I have audio clips from myself and from Weston Yutzi. We both made videos about the varsity basketball seasons that will be played later in this episode. And Weston talks a little bit about this, but just to give some historical perspective on the season the girls had, this was the first girls championship win since the 2000-2001 season. That team was 18-1 and defeated Fairton in the championship game 37-30. Their only loss that year was to Tome. And so it had been almost 20 years between championships. Overall, it was the sixth championship for girls basketball in GMS history. And I was just really happy for Weston and Daryl and the girls. They were a really fun team to watch. They shot a lot of threes. They had a few girls that did most of the scoring, but then the other girls filled their roles perfectly. There was no selfishness. In the championship game, freshman Kaylin Yoder was completely dominant. She finished with a season-high 27 points to go along with 11 rebounds and 11 steals. A triple-double in a championship game is outstanding. You know, there's never been a triple-double in an NCAA tournament championship. In the NBA Finals, there's been 19 different players to do that. That'd be a good trivia question. How many of those players can you name that have had a triple-double in the NBA Finals? Who has the most? I'll leave that for now. Anyway, this was Kaylin's fourth triple-double of the season. And she almost had a quadruple-double earlier in the season against Chestertown. And if you're listening and don't know what a triple-double is, it's when you have a double-digit total in three different statistical categories. Also in the championship, Jordan Mastin scored 10 points to finish her career with a total of 637 points, which is third all-time for girls at GMS. Amanda Slayball scored four points, Amber Humphrey scored three, and Riley Humphrey scored two to round out the scoring in the championship. And this team also did not lose a single game all season. They were undefeated at 15-0 and are just the second girls basketball team ever to do that. The only other one was 1995-1996. That team went 17-0 with a win over Park Bible, which is now Salem County Christian, by a score of 59-51 in the championship. I had the scorebook from that game. Six girls scored in that game. Rachel Messick-Fetterman led the way with 19 points. Loretta Smoker Rocco had 11. Gloria Schwartzentruber Troyer, Christy Yoder Summers, and Michael Chaffage each scored nine points. And Michelle Tenefoss Mast scored two points in that game. Mickey Chaffage was the coach of that team. So obviously, that puts this team in some really great company. So here are Weston thought, Weston's thoughts on the season. The 2019 20 varsity girls basketball team is going to go down in history as one of the greatest teams that GMS has ever seen with a 15 and 0 record going undefeated and winning the DVCAC championship for the first time since uh, 2001. These girls certainly have a lot to be proud of for the efforts they put on on the court. However, as Daryl and I discussed many times throughout uh, the season, the greatest thing about this team was their willingness to work together to accept each other for who they were and the efforts that they put in and really band together and play as a single unit. And that was as much fun as winning every game. That was a lot of fun too, to have a group that truly 
enjoyed each other, enjoyed playing together, and it really, really made for a fun season. A couple of stats for you. Um, this is the highest scoring team I've ever coached. We averaged almost 47 points a game, which is a lot of points to score for a girls basketball team. Uh, but on top of that, what's almost as impressive and maybe even more impressive is defensively, we held our opponents to just over 27 points a game, which is uh, also the lowest number in any of the years I've coached. So not only did we exert ourselves offensively, we put a lot of effort into our defense and really shut a lot of teams down. Um, so I'm happy. It was fun to see the girls get up and down and score a lot of points. But our defensive intensity throughout the year was was pretty impressive. A couple other interesting things. Uh, we shot 27 threes a game, which is an incredible amount of three-pointers to shoot. Um, and we made almost six and a half per game, which, again, is a pretty sizable number for what a girls basketball team usually does. Our team awards this year, um, MVP was Kaylin Yoder. Uh, Kaylin led us in scoring. She led us in rebounding. She led us in steals. She led us in assists. And she was clearly the most outstanding player on our team all season long. Defensive player of the year, uh, Renee Byler. She was the head of our defensive pressure most games. And not only did she exert effort there, one interesting stat with Renee was she was our leading offensive rebounder, which isn't necessarily a defensive stat, but it earns us a lot of extra possessions every game. And she worked really, really hard to get rebounds offensively every game. Our offensive player of the year was uh, Jordan Maston. Uh, Jordan was our second leading scorer and finished her career as the third all-time leading scorer in GMS history and really helped carry us throughout most of the year offensively. The Hustle Award goes to Amanda Slayball. Amanda worked hard every game and was always willing to give effort, and so I felt appropriately she should be named Miss Hustle for this year based on her efforts all year long. Uh, Sportsmanship Award goes to Maddie Whitman. Um, as I said on senior night, most of you don't see what we see every day in practice, and that is the consistent effort and willingness to be a great teammate and supportive of her friends and her teammates and just really to make life better for everyone. And I felt like Maddie deserves that award for her efforts, not just during games, but all throughout the year in practices as well. And our most improved player is Amber Humphreys. Amber started off the year probably is a little bit scared and maybe nervous, um, but on several occasions throughout the year really showed her maturity and growth as a player. And one key example I'll give, I remember in the championship game, I think Chestertown had cut the lead to uh, nine or ten points. It was late in the game, and Amber came down and caught a ball that she didn't look like she wanted to shoot took her time, knocked down a three late in the game that was really key for us as we pushed the lead back up and uh, carried through to the end to get a championship. So really proud of Amber and her growth this year. One other award I did want to give out this year, which is a little unconventional, but I think is well-deserved, and that goes to Riley Humphreys for the coolest pom-pom hair. Riley played a pretty big role in our team this year, but really didn't fit into the other categories 
but I thought uh, as the picture shows, she represents this one very well. So congratulations, Riley. Two other things I wanted to share. One, the note card from my speech at last year's Sports of Recognitions night. Um, my last note and my last comment as seen on the bottom there is need to win a championship. And I can't be more proud of these girls this year for coming through and really taking the lead on something that hasn't been done for a long time at Greenwood Mennonite School, and that's win a girls' basketball championship. So super proud of them. And I'll leave you, last of all, with the text I sent to the girls after the championship game showing my backpack with the championship banner and the net we cut down. And just want to again say thanks a million to the girls for the effort they put in this year. They were truly part of something special, and they deserve a lot of credit for their efforts. And I look forward to another great year next year. Thank you, Weston, for putting that together. And now here are my thoughts on the boys' season. Hello, I'm going to be talking about the 2019-2020 varsity boys basketball season. I'd first like to thank some people. First to all of our supporters and fans. We had some big crowds this season, and I know that helps motivate us, so thank you for coming and supporting. To the parents, thank you for the support and for lots of car rides. We had a young team, and most of our guys can't drive, so they had to be driven to and from practices and games. Thank you for doing that. And to my assistant coaches, Derek and Aaron have been coaching with me for all eight years. Randall joined the staff this year, and he was great. They each bring their own unique perspective to the game, and I appreciate them. Next, I'd like to share some of my favorite games and moments from the season. First was our third game of the season against Holly Grove. We hadn't beaten Holly Grove since my first year coaching in 2012, and they were bigger than us. But we played one of our best games of the season and won by 22. And that was the game where freshman Nevin Yutzi made himself known. Us coaches knew the talent Nevin had, but this game showed everyone how good he can be. He scored a season-high 16 points, and he was scoring at will in the second half. He's just a little guy scoring over Holly Grove's bigs. It was fun to watch. And towards the end of the game, they got so frustrated that this little freshman was torching them that they had to wrap him up and intentionally foul him. I can't wait to see what Nevin's going to bring next season. Next was our game at Tri-State Christian, who has a really good basketball program. And I think we were a little bit intimidated at first, and we struggled early. Another freshman, Clay Long, came into the game and hit three straight threes in the second quarter to keep us in the game in the first half, which showed another exciting player to look forward to in the coming years. But we were down by 15 at the end of the third quarter. And I told the guys in the huddle, I don't know if we're going to win this game. The probability is not very high, but let's go out fighting. Don't give up. It came all the way back, took a lead, ended up going to overtime. We ended up losing in overtime, but that was the moment I knew this team was going to fight no matter what. This team has a chance to be really special. Next was our game at the Salisbury School. And I don't know if we were the underdogs. I think we were actually pretty evenly matched, but it felt like we were the underdogs because Salisbury had two post players that were both six foot eight, which are giants compared to our players. And we had to play a different style to try to stop them. It was a different style than we were used to, but it was fun because there wasn't a lot of pressure. It was a non-conference game. We were loose, and we led most of the second half. We ended up losing by one, but again, this game showed me the toughness that these guys can play with. And lastly was our game at Chestertown. It was our third game of the week, and we had lost two in a row to Salisbury School, and then we got destroyed by the cross. And I was a little worried. Chestertown is a rival. We hadn't played them since the championship game last year. And after losing two games in a row, how would we respond against another good team? And we came out and played our best game of the season. We won by 36 points. Ryan Acuff made seven threes. Jacob Zitbiggle made six. We just shot them out of the game. We were on fire in the third quarter. 
And there's another freshman that's going to do big things for our program. Jacob's already played two years for us, an all-star as a freshman. I can't wait to keep coaching him. Between him, Nevin, and Clay, I'm telling you, those guys are going to be some fun teams in the future to watch. Next, I want to just mention each of the award winners for this season. The most improved player is Adam Greenlee. Last year, he could barely make a layup. And seeing him where he's at now is part of why coaching is so fun. Mr. Hustle is Carson Yutzi. He won this in both soccer and basketball, which shows just what kind of motor he has and how hard he plays all the time. Gibson Wright is both the Defensive Player of the Year and the Sportsmanship Award winner. Gibson never gets the credit he deserves because he does the dirty work that the stats don't show, but that dude can play some defense. And for the Sportsmanship Award, Gibby always plays with respect for everyone. And one of the things I appreciate about Gibby is that after every game, he would go through the handshake line and then he would circle back around and shake all of us coaches' hands as well. Offensive Player of the Year is Ryan Acoff. There were games where if Ryan wasn't scoring, we weren't scoring. And his championship performance was an all-time performance. He hit eight threes in just 14 attempts. And when his brother Andrew had seven threes in the championship game two years ago, I thought that was outstanding. And here comes Ryan and hits eight. Unfortunately, we lost, so it won't be remembered as much. But if we had won that game, that would be one of the best individual performances of all time. And the MVP this year was Kobe Wright. Now, this was a tough one because on any given night, there are six guys that could be our MVP. But with Kobe, he's the guy that's toughest to replace. He was the leading rebounder in the conference, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him get even better next year. So I had a ton of fun coaching these guys this year. You know, we had a mix of guys who had never played basketball before to guys who have been playing all their lives. So it was fun to see the improvement of individuals and the team as the season went on. And I know the guys really wanted to win a championship this year. That was one of our goals at the beginning of the season. And even in that loss to Fairwinds, I thought we played well. If you look at our stats from the game, it looks like a winning game. We made 12 threes and shot 40% from beyond the arc. We only had eight turnovers, which was below our season average. We out-rebounded Fairwinds. That was just two teams that went back and forth, and unfortunately we didn't come out on top. And hats off the Fairwinds, they played awesome. And regardless of winning or losing that game or any game, it's our goal to ensure that every athlete will develop a greater love and a deeper understanding for the game of basketball. And I think that happened. And more importantly, we hope that they understand that the relationships with their coaches and teammates and the mental and physical challenges that they endured this season prepared them to grow spiritually, physically, socially, and academically. And I'm looking forward to next season. So thank you for listening to this episode. Stay tuned for our interview with Drew Kramer next week.